Welcome to By the Campfire, a podcast in which I sit down around a virtual campfire to have a good conversation with a guest. No time limits, no prepared topics, just an old-fashioned conversation. So we're still here at the expo room at PHP Benelux, and uh, I've got some new victims here. <laughs> yeah, you can call it victims. Yeah. <laughs> can you introduce yourself shortly? Yeah. Sure. Uh, hi, my name is Joop Lammerts. I'm from Nijmegen, the Netherlands. Uh, I'm still 36 years old. Next month I'll be 37 and I work as a PHP developer at Procurios. Okay, and you? Uh, I'm Thomas Behrens. Um, I'm from Limburg in the Netherlands. And yeah, this is the I think, third time I'm here at this conference. And second time in this podcast, actually. Yes, indeed. <laughs> because you were at the um, weekend. Uh, no, it, was no, it wasn't Weekend. Where were you? Dutch PAP. Or Dutch PHP. I was dragged yes. in by Ross. Yes, that was it. That's why. I knew it was an event. I didn't know which event anymore. It was at DPC when we, when we also did a, a podcast uh, in the Uncon uh, back then. Yep. And, and Ross was um, switching everyone around, basically. <laughs> yes, we were just dragged in, just pointing at people, switching seats and constantly getting new guests in. Yeah. It was a lot of fun and also a lot of fun to listen to. But yeah, a lot of people are also panicking <laughs> on the background. <laughs> yes. Um, so it is your third time here? Yes. Um, uh, I guess you like it here then. Yes. This is. Uh, I think this is my favorite conference. Okay. This is. Uh, I've only been to three different ones. Uh, but I think this... Yeah. It's... it's there's not much pressure, it's not too busy, even during the breaks, like you still have the feeling it's not too crowded. Yeah. And some other conferences tend to have that. Right. That's right. Uh, yeah. How about you? How many times have you been here? Uh, I think this is my fourth time. Okay. Four, four in a row. Um, I've been to a lot of conferences, but what I like about PHP Benelux is the, the whole atmosphere. The expo hall with the games and and so on, the social. Um, it's something that other conferences doesn't do that well as PSP Benelux does. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so, what what is the difference between this and uh, other conferences then in that regard? Maybe it's just the community itself. I'm I'm not I'm I'm not sure what it is. It's it's the feeling you have here. It's more like we instead right. of. Um, um, I'm, 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 it's more like I'm at a, an event instead of I'm at a conference. Right. Okay. Okay. So yeah. the experience is better here. The people are. Yeah. It's like like. Uh, sorry, I forgot your name. Uh, Thomas. Thomas. Like Thomas said, it, it's less pressure. Um, in a what's some slower pace. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so the conference has just started. We just had the keynote. Cal was doing a keynote. Uh, what did you think of the keynote? Energetic. Energetic. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Did you like it? Yeah, I really liked it. It was a good combination of telling a story, um, telling a story about the community, and elephant jokes. Yes, the elephant jokes. Most of them were really bad, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I can say that. Cal knows me. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think I laugh most of the time out of pity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, You're just trying to make this yeah. guy happy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, 
the jokes were uh, a fun part, but I guess uh, the the story was more about um, accepting people. Yeah. And yes. you know, stepping over the differences between people to make a big community and yeah. eventually make something cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. And also the the history of PHP in, with the community behind it and yeah. If, yeah, I find it an, an experiment. Um, um, how do you say it? It was a nice keynote. It was inspiring. Inspiring, inspiring yeah. keynote. Yeah. Uh, and, and it gave me energy. Like, oh yeah, now now I know again why I'm doing this. Why I'm becoming a developer and program day by day and help other people become great programmers as yeah. well. Yeah. 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 Okay. Um, so what what is it? Looking back at that keynote, what is it that you contribute to this community, to PHP? Um, not, well, not that, I don't know, not in a way not that much, um, because I, I work at a, at, a, at a company that has its own framework, so I don't, don't do any open source stuff. Um, but I give workshops and do talks at conferences about what I've learned, what we've learned. Uh, and help people to under to get grasp of the same issues. So that's that. Um, and I help. I try to help other programmers get a get a grip on becoming a better program. How do you say that you don't do that much? If you're doing workshops and talks and yeah, there's a lot of time going in yeah. into that, right? It's, it's a feeling. It's like I said. I don't do any open source projects. So if I if I compare myself yeah. to say uh, to to other people who who contribute to open source, I'm like well, I'm not I'm not doing that. I must be a bad programmer for the community or something. Could this be related to imposter syndrome a little oh bit? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If you look imposter syndrome in the dictionary, there's my name behind it. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you if you listen to Cal, I mean, he specifically mentioned speakers uh, as people that actually are the, the driving force. Yep. You know, it's not just about code contributions, it's also about everything around that. Yeah, that's, that's true. Yeah. So, so I hereby thank you for all your contributions <laughs> oh, to thanks. PHP and the community around PHP. Thanks, thank you. <laughs> do you do anything uh, to contribute to PHP? Um, as far as I know, not. <laughs> well, you're here, right? Yes, but that's um, more consuming. That's that's like I'm 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 now at least telling a story and stuff. But this I want to do more. Okay. But it's just um, this is it's basically when you're learning programming a couple of steps. You start writing code, then you start reading code, and you start using other people's code, and then you start contributing. And I'm sort of trying to get to the third step and it's 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 in heart in some ways there was recently one thing where uh, there was an issue where I thought I can solve that and I was messing around and I just couldn't solve it and a couple of days later somebody made uh, the merge request which was exactly what I wanted to solve and I just okay. looked at that code and I was like yeah that that's no I, I'm not at that level yet okay okay <laughs> but still I mean uh, you're learning from it so yeah. that's a good thing uh, you're at a conference and I cannot imagine you um, 
just attending talks and not talking to anyone else. That's true. So yeah. once you're talking to other people about things, that's a contribution, right? A little you've one. <laughs> you've already started contrib contributing. <laughs> So welcome to the community. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, what makes a good conference for you? Um, well, of course, good talks. Um, great people. I always like to have at least a few people I know. That, that's just to be comfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is, that's hard. <laughs> Come and join us. I was distracted by a cow drilling. What are we discussing? We were just talking about conferences and what makes a good conference good. Elephants. Elephants. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, come, come and join us. Go sit, you know, close to the microphone so people can hear you. Are we actually live? Yeah, well, no. We're recording. Okay. It will be published later. <laughs> Uh, so welcome to the table. Can you shortly introduce yourself? Yeah, well, I'm, I'm Chris. I'm from the UK. Uh, I'm uh, a freelance consultant. Um, I also run PHP Yorkshire. The, so if we're talking about conferences, that's the main expert in the house. Kind of. Yeah. yeah. Um, for anybody who's listening, that's on the, uh, the 3rd of April and 4th of April this year. Uh, tickets are on sale. You can get them now. Very good. Um, yeah, so I'm also... A consultant, so I do quite a lot of, sort of software architecture and security stuff, um, and just regular development work as well. Yeah, most the, the bulk of things that people want doing, really. So, as a conference organizer, what do you do to make your conference a good conference? I think the the, the key thing we do at PHP Auction, I think the first thing that we sort of had brought in, um, we had Lorna who helped us out the first year, and sort of her, her sort of take on things was to, to make the content the the primary focus of the event. Yeah. So making sure that we had the, the best best content we could find and bring in. Um, so we have a few things like we, we make sure the content's been sort of unique within the UK, so it's not been given there before. Um, and we, we try and get a good mix of, of topics. And the other thing we try and do is have thing have topics and talks that are going to be useful to people straight away. Yeah. Um, finding things that, that you can actually go back to work Monday morning and, and start using straight away. Uh, I mean, we've, got, we've got one that's slightly deviated. We've got, we've got a workshop which, which hopefully you'll never need to use um, <laughs> this, this year. We've got an incident response workshop, which is if you've had a, a security breach at your, your place of work, yeah. um, there's actually a, a decent way of going about responding to that and, and gathering evidence and, and shutting it down and, and all that kind of stuff. And we, we've, we've got a workshop half a day in the afternoon um, for people to respond to that and I think that's actually the only one that sort of breaks that little little, little rule of being able to use Monday morning <laughs> we, we sort of hope you won't have to but yeah <laughs> but it's good to know what to do in exactly. case something happens yeah 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 that sounds really interesting um, so aside from the content uh, is, is there anything else that you can do as an organizer or is it up to the people that come to the conference to make it a great conference? That's definitely a, th a thing. You know, if you don't have any attendees, your conference falls a bit flat. Um, but I think there's, well, I think one of the other things I, I try and do is I'm trying to keep the, 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 the prices quite low so that it's accessible to everyone. I mean, 
we still get, I think, probably about 70-ish percent is sort of corporate. Uh, so, I mean, small companies, so they, they still want it to be yeah. good value for money as well. Yeah. But essentially, it's it's uh, their employers are paying for the tickets, yeah. uh, lo- local companies. Uh, but we still want it to be accessible for just like your standard dev if they're working at a company that less uh, inclined to send people to conferences. The first yeah. few years of my career, I was at a company that was like, oh, can we go to this conference? And they're like, well, maybe maybe next time. Mm, okay. And then there's things like, well, okay, what, what, what if what if like uh, we, 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 uh, we buy the tickets ourselves and you we get like an extra day's holiday to go to it? And like, oh, well, maybe we could do that. And so no matter what we tried, they were just unwilling to sort of put up the budget to, right. to let us go to conferences. Um, and so one of the things I wanted to do was to make sure that if people were in that situation, which I'm sure there are people who are, they can just afford to say, well, okay, well, I, I want to go to this conference. It's on a Saturday, so I don't need to actually miss, miss a day off work. Yeah. Uh, the tickets are, we managed to, the first few years, we managed to keep them under, most of them under, under £100. Ever so slightly slid over £100 this year, unfortunately, but still £102 right now Okay. Um, for a ticket. So it's only, only very slightly over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it should, should, should be affordable for, um, for anyone who's local to the area and doesn't need to sort of pay for hotels and travel and things like that. Yeah. Um, a lot of PHP developers in Leeds, which is about 30, 40 minute driveway. So if you can drive in or, or sort of get the bus right. over, um, you, you can have a sort of day's conference for, yeah. for, for, well, I think great value for money. It sounds good. It sounds good. It is good. I've been there twice. Oh, you've been speaker. there twice. Yeah. Ah, there we go. It's a nice, uh, it's a real nice conference. Somehow, yeah. somehow, I, I always seem to miss the call for papers. <laughs> it's really weird. But I've had that with a lot of different conferences lately. <laughs> oh, I should submit to. Oh, yeah. okay, yeah. So maybe next year. Yeah. So, for you, uh, what makes a good conference a good conference? Um. Well, the the speaker's dinner. <laughs> 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 but <it's laughs> no, um, a good conference, um, a, a mixed uh, mixed topics of, of talks. Okay. Um, especially in PHP, you have a lot of Symphony and a lot of Laravel talks. Um, I don't work with either of those frameworks, so those talks aren't really interesting for me to apply Monday morning when I go back to work. Of course, I can always learn stuff from it, but so. Um, and a, a bit wider, a bit more non-framework specific talks. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But that's just because I work with a company who built its own framework. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what is the reason that you build your own framework? Um, well, our code is uh, 15 years old, and 15 years ago there weren't any good PHP frameworks like today. Yes. Um, so we built our own. Well, they built their own. I wasn't working there. Uh, and nowadays it's just too expensive. To, to rebuild everything, yeah. but we're losing of uh, we're using a lot of uh, Symphony components as well, uh, implementing PSR uh, um, things. So we're getting there, but yeah. in in the core, it's just our own piece of work. So right. to understand, Craig, is this a company who constantly makes different uh, applications for customers, or do they mainly have one application or multiple applications that they just support? Both. <laughs> okay, so yeah, we, the, we the framework is still used for new applications. Well, we, yeah, we built custom uh, custom made um, things upon the framework, but also yeah. we have a lot of 
um, straightforward uh, general things that all customers uh, uh, use. Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a one big monolith. I can, yeah. If you see the code, you're like, how does this run? Because <laughs> we started building uh, our framework when PHP, I think it was PHP 5.3 in beta. So we used the beta version of PHP 5.3 um, because we know that's the direction and we want to use it right now because that's what we are going to use. But we have some files with just one big switch statement and pages and good old fashioned PHP. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, are you actively working on uh, improving that code? Refactoring it uh, to, let's say, modern, modern day standards? Um, yes, yes, we do that, but only if it benefits us. So okay, yeah. we have we have a couple of what well, we call them modules. Um, so we have a couple of modules that only a few customers use. There is no real um, modification in going on into the into the code. So we leave as it is. Big fence yeah. around it. <laughs> Don't touch it. It works. It, and uh, but if we're going to to improve it, yeah, the first thing we do is, as we call it, get it to 2020 level. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, uh, that sounds good. Yeah. Um, if you have to do that, because that's always interesting. If you have some a piece of legacy code and you want to get it to the twenty twenty level, where do you start? Yes. <laughs> it, yeah. Yeah. It depends. Um, well, there there is always some quick stuff you can do. Um, some of our files are just PHP files, so we create controllers and just put chunks of code into a controller because that's already a big big uh, uh, improvement um, then we try to cut out the HTML that is built inside the controller and put it somewhere else ch ch chunk yeah. out the database queries that are inside and chunk and so you separate logic um, yeah. elsewhere just cut it out bit by bit yeah yeah okay. and just look at what what should I reuse somewhere else what can I uh, improve easily but also in mind the, the the change you want to make yeah yeah um a bit of a personal question but yeah. i'm really curious about this so you don't have to answer this um you're now not uh, getting more experience with any common frameworks or anything are how do you think about that based with your career um it's a good question to be honest i don't think about it a lot because um, and this may sound a bit arrogant, so sorry for that. But I think I'm a good enough programmer to to use the skills that I have create learned um, to implement them inside a Symfony project or inside a Laravel project. Mm. Of course, I have to learn about how do I connect the the URL to the controller, how do I call it, and mm. what will happen then. But from there on, it's just calling some database, do some query, and do something with the data. So it's it's not that hard as as what we do. It's just the wiring. So the wiring will be interesting, but from that point on, I think I can manage. Yeah. And otherwise, I'm capable of asking how to do it. Yep. And otherwise, there's Google. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, I feel this is a an issue in the industry that's starting to develop at the moment. Is that I've had a lot of recruitment agents that are getting in touch and saying, "Oh, I've got this great Laravel job, but you've not got any Laravel on your CV." I, I, it, what, what, you know, I don't. I don't think you're a suitable candidate for this role. And I'm like, well, Laravel's PHP, right? It's just PHP. Yeah. All yeah. of it's just PHP. Um, and just because I've not worked 
a lot in one framework doesn't necessarily mean that the underlying language and design patterns and all the kind of other things that go into developing um, are not there. Um, I mean, I think once you, you... You might sort of think if you're from a Laravel background or a Zen background or something like that, it's the only thing that you've used. I, I, I could see that someone's got this sort of barrier and say, oh, well, well, this is like Zen. You have to be like a Zen developer to be able to do Zen. A Symphony person is not going to have any... He's not going to be able to do it because you're, you're possibly thinking that myself, it's going to be hard to move to Symphony because I've, I've looked at it. It's completely different. They use YAML for configuration. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, so if, if you're sort of mentally... I think this, this potentially happens with hiring companies. They sort of mentally put up this barrier and say, well, I couldn't jump to Symphony. Yeah. We couldn't move our code base onto Symphony. So someone who's not going to experience with Zen is going to have trouble with coming the other way. Um, whereas if I think you're someone... I mean, I do a lot of consulting, so I work with a lot of companies. I've worked with all the main frameworks. I'm currently working on a Drupal project. Um, I've not done anything much with WordPress in the past, which I, I feel I want to do something with WordPress at some <laughs> point, but um, we'll, we'll, we'll see what comes along. Um, but yeah, so that if you've got experience with a few different frameworks, as, as you says, it's, it's just a matter of learning the wiring yeah. of how to connect a URL to your controller, and then then you're away. Yeah. But if I um, I don't want to make any assumptions on your age or career, um, but I think you just like me, uh, you are a PHP developer from before the framework era. That's probably fair to say. Yeah. Um, one thing I see uh, is that young developers that have grown up with PHP having frameworks have a harder time adapting because they're used to working with Symfony or Zen Framework or Laravel or KPHP or, you know, uh, they've started with one framework, stuck with that framework for a long time. They have a harder time switching from that framework to uh, another framework, whereas we... Uh, started without any framework, so we yeah. know more about the inner workings of PHP. Yeah, I think that's, that's a fair, fair assessment. I mean, when I, when I started a new, I, I used to run an online game, um, and whenever I started like a new, new version of it, the first thing we did was write the new framework with all the new PHP <laughs> yeah. stuff you knew. Yeah. You're like, all oh, right, well, I'm going to use, use classes this time. I'm going to have like a database class and a user class. And then you sort of join that together. Don't forget the one class which connects everything together. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's course. always like one the class which yeah, the, contains the, the, like everything. The, the master class, or the, <laughs> yeah. Sort of like the, the, the I, I've seen it being called box. I've seen lots of different things. <laughs> I, I used to have uh, core dot class PHP. Yeah, core <laughs> utils. Oh utils, yes. Utils. Yeah. Also a great great one. Um, manager. Oh yeah. <laughs> just a, yeah. Just a something manager. Uh, user manager. Does everything to do with users. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, but the, uh, it's, it's just a theory, but I think it might be related to that. And of course, I, I don't want to generalize. There are young developers that don't just know a single framework, but they know exactly what goes on in, in PHP. But um, uh, I get the feeling that uh, because a lot of companies, because they standardize on Symfony, they are looking for someone that only has Symfony experience because then they know that they will understand Symfony. Yeah. Uh, and you only have to learn the, the project code. Exactly, and not the framework. Not the framework. So, so you can speed up yeah. yes. faster, yeah. they think. They think, uh, yeah, yeah they exactly, think. that's that's yeah. the thing, yeah. 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 I mean, another concern I've, I've come across when I've interviewed at uh, a few places that sort of like, 
whole symphony. And I've, I've got quite a lot of Zend in my background. My, my framework of choice, so I, I, I pick those. If I've got choice between two, I can go to Zend one. Yeah. Um, but they still get the, the, the sort of worry that, oh, well, you, you're coming in as a lead developer. You're not going to want to, like, throw away our code base and start over in Zend, right? I'm like, no, that would be, <laughs> be really silly. Um, we, we, we've got a code base that's delivering value in Symfony. You've got a whole bunch of developers that know Symfony. You're not going to change unless Symfony stops being supported or something like that. That's the only reason you're going to want to change away from that. Um, and... Yeah, that's something you quite often have to reassure sort of the interviewing team, especially if you're going for a lead role. Um, when you've got lots of frameworks in your background, they're like, well, you d we don't want to move away from, from this. Yeah, so. But for a lead role, the framework should be irrelevant, right? Well, exactly. It's, it's about the bigger picture and the concepts yeah. and you know, yeah. the team that does the work. Yeah, it's, it's about getting... Well, lead roles are quite often about getting the most out of the team rather than um, and doing, doing mentoring and, and training people and yeah, exactly. having, having a vision for the, the, the code base, regardless of the framework. Having an idea of, of how the, the, the modules fit together and, and how things interact. Yeah. Um, and sort of get, getting that sort of big picture in, in your head and, and sort of being able to say, well, okay, if, if we do that in that particular way, what's the impact going to be over there? Yeah. Obviously, as a lead developer, you would have the kind of clout if you wanted to, to say, well, you know what, our framework isn't working. Um, let, let, let's do something different. But that's a big decision. It is. Um, it's, it's not something you would take lightly. I mean, as I say, the only, the only reason I would really ever consider it is if, if you've got something that's no longer supported and you're struggling. Um, in this, this Drupal project I'm working on now, they, they had sort of an attempt to move some of it into Symphony. Went okay, um, and I, I'm, I'm pushing that we should continue down that path. But it's, it's it looks like the better option. Yeah. But obviously, moving a large code base that currently exists in Drupal into Symfony is, is not a small task. Uh, the fact that they've already started it is a plus point. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting project, at least. So, to quickly yeah. get back to your point of new developers. Uh, having experience with one framework, it was indeed my first job was Symfony, and the rest I always default to Symfony. Hobby projects I always use Symfony. Um, now, of course, I also get other projects like projects. I, I don't make the technical decisions, so I can work with Laravel, um, with Drupal, WordPress, but I always default um, in my thinking to okay, this is the thing, and how I would do it in Symfony is this. Um, but in the end, the source folder looks for 75% the same over all applications. Right. It's just your business logic. And one thing I would really like um, for more frameworks, um, recently Symphony 5 came out with a book. Um, and that book was basically in two days, if you go through that book, you've learned all the basics of the framework. Yeah. You've, you've just done it once. If every framework just had, had a book like that, you could just, if a developer needed to get do something in Laravel or Zend or whatever, just read this book, spend two days on that. Now you know the basics how most things are done in that framework. That's, that's but aren't aren't there books out there already, you know, on design patterns and best practices that yes. basically apply I mean 
seriously, Symphony, Zen Framework, Laravel, <laughs> they all use very similar patterns in yeah. very similar ways. Yeah, it, it, it's mostly things like the ORM and stuff that's, that's, that's harder to understand if you're switching. Right. Um, and yeah, the patterns are always the same. You, you will always use the same patterns. You, yeah, that's that's something I notice across all the applications that I built. Uh, I always yeah, yeah. apply the same what I know as DDD logic, and then of course go to workshops and stuff to improve that knowledge. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah that's exactly. I mean, I uh, I guess the end of the 90s, early 2000s, I uh, built a CMS like you do, right? As a developer. Yep. Everybody um, did once. Yep. Uh, exactly. Um, and I invented a, uh, a fantastic system for structuring my code. Um, no one had ever done that before. Uh, it basically, it, it uh, separated the code into three different pieces. There was the piece that was talking to the database. There was the piece <laughs> that was handling the request and the response. And there was the piece that was um, creating the HTML, right? So the, the, the request and response <laughs> handling would talk to the database layer, get some data, give it to the, the, the layer that would then create it into HTML and that would be out, outputted back to the browser. No one had done that before until I found out about MVC. <laughs> <laughs> we all, uh, I don't know, we, we all solve problems in a very similar way in the end. Um, but it was a good learning experience to create something and, you know, I'd been doing PHP development for a couple of years at that point and I was running into the same problem all over again. So I, I solved that problem. Turned out someone else had solved that problem as well. But I, I think that's the, the, the reason why people are looking for Symfony developer or Laravel developers. Because the framework is taking away all that pioneering stuff and turns it into magic and it somehow works. Yeah. We have junior developers at our company that started programming in PHP at our company. They had some, some things to do at the university but they didn't do a programming study, but they find it interesting. They never had to create a, an index.php page that would take the request <laughs> and switch it to some page and do some stuff and give it back. Yeah. So they have no idea yeah. why there is a controller and why there is all this weird stuff going on before you can create your magic. And I think it's something to do with exactly that experience. Like, oh, but what if I make this and then put, put it there? And then, oh, this is amazing. Oh, somebody did it before. Because they have never pioneered it themselves. Yeah. And then it's hard to understand. So if you learn Symphony does it in this matter, it's hard to understand why Laravel does it in another matter. Right. Because you never had feel, felt the pain of doing it by yourself. So what's the solution then? Should we force everyone to work uh, with pure PHP before yeah. going to a framework? Yeah, yeah possibly. <laughs> Maybe a university course and write your own framework. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> well, that's well, what I always say. People should write their own framework and then throw it away and use one of the open source ones. It's exactly right. what Cal Evans said. Start with, uh, with normal PHP code in one file, 25 lines, and just build it up to an application. Yeah, yeah. I have a whole talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> using using Composer and then uh, getting some components yeah. in one by one, and eventually yeah. you'll end up with your own framework. Yeah, yeah. But but seriously, um, of course we cannot force everyone 
uh, to go that route, um, how can we get everyone off their own islands? Do you have any idea? Conferences are a good start. Conferences are a good start, yeah. yes. Especially PSP Yorkshire, I hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's happening soon. <laughs> but no, not everyone goes to a conference, of course. No, I, th I think that's I think that's a shame. To be honest, I think I think most developers should try and make time to go to the local one. Uh, maybe not every year, but certainly every couple of years. Because yeah. like, you, you kind of get a bit of cycles and of, of, of talks that come around, what, what's popular and things like that. So you try and go every every couple of years to sort of see some new stuff. Some, some stuff recycled and maybe improved upon. Um, or better yet, start submitting to conferences. Speak yourself and you get a free ticket. Yeah. Most of the time. <laughs> Travel paid, depending on the conference. Yeah. Trying to do that. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. Did you already uh, submit talks to any conferences? Uh, not yet. I'm going to submit my first one this week. I'm getting a little bit of help uh, assembling the correct language. Dutch PHP conference? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, I have one talk that I just want to get out there because I think it's um, a nice change between coding PHP and having just fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. And you've seen the talk, I think. Did I? I, uh, I don't know if you left directly after your own con talk ah. at SimpliCon. Oh. But I think you stayed. Hmm. Yes, I was in the room. Yeah. Uh, at least for a while. Yeah. Uh, okay. Interesting. Yeah. Which so and, and and that uncon is a whole another story, but yeah, <laughs> that was uh, interesting. Yeah. The the venue had a separate room for the uncon, but the venue didn't really understand the concept of an uncon. So when you came in, they expected you to hand in your slides <laughs> because the computer that was serving the slides was in the back of the room. <laughs> ah. Yeah, so you didn't have any yeah. control over when the slide would switch yeah. and, and things uh. like that. And I was coming in to do a live demo. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That Well, it didn't work out. No. <laughs> <laughs> it was impossible. Yeah. I, I put my laptop in the back of the room. You have to type the M. No, yeah. the M. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I put my laptop in the back of the room and without the microphone tried to type from there, but I couldn't see what was on the screen yeah. because the screen was in the in the front. So it was impossible for me to actually give a good demo. Yeah. yeah. Wow. We in the audience had to say for, okay, a yeah. little bit up, a little bit up, a <laughs> little bit down. <laughs> yeah. What am I typing? I yeah. cannot see yeah. what I'm typing. Yeah, yeah that was um, it didn't really work out that well. But I think Lucas uh, Lucas Smith was uh, arranging some stuff for the Anton. I think he tried to get that fixed later. I, I'm not sure if he succeeded. I, I didn't end up in the Uncon anymore after that. Yeah, um, it afterwards, I had my talk, and I also had a demo. So I was also in the back of the room. Um, I at least had my screen paired, so I could correctly see it. But I had a whole talk. I was at my first ever talk at an Uncon, looking at the back of people's <laughs> heads, <laughs> just talking. And afterwards, I heard people enjoyed it. But if they were sleeping, I wouldn't have noticed. <laughs> you know, it can only get better than that. Yeah. That's true, but I, I'm not sure if I want to believe you because I think that it can get worse. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. But this was definitely one of the 
worst situations you yeah. could have you could have had. Um, and just to be, be clear, because people are going to listen to this, um, this is not the fault of SymphonyCon. I mean, they yeah. did their best. It was, yes. This was definitely on the venue itself. They, yeah. the the tech guy that was there was. That, that was uh, he wasn't the tech guy actually. He was that, that was literally a student <laughs> yeah. just hired for that. Yeah, exactly. That that yeah. yeah. It, it um, was not the fault of SymphonyCon indeed, but for it, sure. Yeah, it's it was interesting. Yeah. Um, so uh, as a conference organizer, um, obviously you go for a couple of well-known names because they are usually the names that sell the tickets, right? Um, not really. Oh. Um, I mean, maybe the keynote slightly. Yeah. But then okay. I, I, I've, I've tried to pick with keynotes uh, people who maybe haven't been seen before. Right. Uh, certainly in PHP. Uh, so I mean, a couple of years ago we had um, Liz here. Um, gave a talk on Kevin. Mm -hmm. I know how to pronounce that. It's pretty cool. Um, and a lot of people were sort of like, "Well, we've never heard of this. This is, this is really cool. This yeah. Is really great." And I was like, "Well, that's the whole point. We'd like brought the keynote in, right?" Um, so yeah, I, I do have a bit of creative license on the keynote sometimes. I'm really, really quite pleased with uh, this year as well. Um, Olivia Liddell, who's, who's coming in uh, okay. from, from the States. Uh, she's a sort of ethical hacker and works with AWS training. She's going to be doing a sort of career development and social engineering talk. So yeah. Really good fun. Um, we've also got a little bit of a surprise for this year, which I can't really say anything else about yet. Um, I spent an hour on the phone on, on Wednesday, so it out. <laughs> but it's going it's to be really good fun, so watch this space. Okay. Um, we hope to have some more news on that. Maybe on Monday, maybe the following week. Um, depends when I get a chance to talk about the website and put all the, all the material out for it. But okay. It's going to be good. Okay. Um, that sounds interesting. It's a good cliffhanger. <laughs> yep. Um, so if you could give Thomas a tip on what he should be doing to get accepted at a conference. Ooh, right. Okay. So. Submit a lot. <laughs> submit, submit, yeah, I think, I think submitting a lot. Um, not, not like hundreds of talks, but certainly three, four talks on different topics. Not just, as I've seen some people do the same topic with slightly different titles. Because um, it, it, essentially, when, when, when we've got, we've got maybe, how many do we have this year? I think it's like 208 submissions to the conference. Most of those were talks. Uh, Workshops are a little bit easier to get in on, actually, a lot less competition. But I do look for people who've got a bit more experience on the workshop side, because obviously people are paying for the, specifically for the workshop. So, um, But yeah, you're in competition with maybe 180 talks for maybe 10 slots. We, we tend to invite the keynote separately to the talk. So the first, first thing is submit quite a few. So we've got a few options to pick you. Um, another option, another thing that people don't do is on OpenCFP specifically, which is what most of the PHP conferences are using, they have uh, a box view abstract, which is the, the delegate, what the delegate sees, what, what's going to hook them in and, and make them come to your talk rather than the other talk in the other track. But there's also a field for the organizer notes, and a lot of people don't fill that out. But it's a really good opportunity to sort of explain with the delegates, you're trying to hook them in. You're trying to give them something, make, make them come in. But with the organizer, you want to also have a bit of chance to to explain why you're the best person to give a talk on this topic, what your experience is, maybe where you've given it before, that kind of thing. And when people don't fill that out, they're sort of missing that opportunity. Yeah, I'm actually really surprised that like, people don't fill that out. Like, mm. 
at least when you you're asking for a spot on a conference, you're you're just possibly including flights, um, speaker dinner, food, hotel. Yeah, and they don't take the time to fill in the one box in the. That, that <laughs> really surprised me. That, that's that's yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, I think I think we're about four hundred, five hundred pound a speaker is, is our, our sort of expense. Yeah, expenses on it. So, yeah, it, it pays to do that kind of thing. Um, I mean, the, the other thing you can do if, if you want to get submitted to PHP Yorkshire as a as a new speaker, you tick one of our boxes immediately because you won't have given any talks at a UK PHP conference before. So. You're clear on that front. Um, you're also coming from fairly locally, because obviously we, we pay for travel, but that doesn't mean we can just pay to fly 10 people over from the US, because that's expensive. Um, so, so we do look for more local speakers. We do have a small budget to bring one or two in from the US, so we don't, we don't say don't submit, but submitting to local conferences, uh, especially the new, time, new speaker, my out, outgoings on, on bringing you over to PHP Yorkshire is much less than bringing someone over from the US, so I'm more likely to be like, well, I'd like to give you a chance, get you, get you on stage, um, whereas I'm only going to bring a big name over from the US, really, someone who can actually bring in the ticket sales and, and justify that much higher cost. Um, so, yeah, so as a new speaker, submitting to conferences locally, definitely a good idea. Um, and the other thing is don't get disheartened. Like, Honestly, 180 talks we got submitted. Take away the ones that people had submitted and would be disqualified for the had been given in the UK before. I could genuinely have picked any of those talks for this, this year's schedule. They were all good enough to go to put on stage. So the fact that you didn't get picked is just a matter of the fact that we've only got 10 slots and 180 people submitted for them. Um, but that's the kind of odds you're playing against. Yeah, I heard from um, Randy Rabau. Um, he gave a talk about speaking, um, and it's 95% rejections. Um, so submit 20 times on average to get one talk. Um, Sounds about right. Until you get to the point where your name is a bit more known, yeah. because then the chances of being accepted is a bit higher. Although I must say that that gets harder the more speakers we get. Um, when I started speaking, there wasn't a big pool of speakers yet. So it was easier to get accepted because once you've been to two or three conferences as a speaker, people would recognize your name. So, okay, he's spoken before, then we can invite him. And these days, I think it's a good thing. I mean, uh, that there's more different people that speak, but it also makes it harder to get accepted, especially as a new speaker because people don't know your name yet. Uh, they don't recognize you yet. They don't know yet uh, what kind of quality you bring to the table, right? Um, but again, I, I, I see that as an advantage if you submit to PHP Yorkshire, yeah. because we, we like we like our, our nice new content. So well-known names have got just as good a chance as, as someone who's not so well-known, because, well, they might submit five talks, but three of them have been given. PHP Scotland and PHP UK, and so we're like, well, you've only got two, two sort of talks in the game, whereas you might have submitted three brand new ones. Like, brilliant. What also will help is to tweet a lot about what you're doing on, yeah. on uh, just during your normal day job. Um, I do that a lot, just just tweeting. Oh, I just started a new team, and I'm, I'm working on Kanban now, and, and and all kinds of stuff. And someone already, well, how do you 
how do you do estimates? When do you say when something gets delivered? And I was like, well, I get back to you when I know because I have to figure it out myself. But I know now already, if I can figure it out, I have some kind of topic for a talk. And yeah. I know already there were some people who were interested in hearing it. So tweeting about uh, all the things you do makes your name grow and grow. So it, it, yeah. it, it uh, helps you to, uh, it helps the chances get picked at a conference to, to speak. And blog. Yeah. Please blog, because uh, people have yeah. been doing that less and less lately. Um, but writing an article about the topic, it will definitely make, you know, you can even put the link in when you submit to a conference. You know, I wrote, I wrote a blog post about this topic already, put the link in, and people will immediately know that you know what you're talking about. Where someone that doesn't have that blog post, well, you just have to hope uh, <laughs> that they know what they're talking about. So, yeah. Um, I don't know, do you have a blog? Not yet. Guess I'm starting one uh, ah, next weekend. Yep. <laughs> How about you? Do you have a blog? No, I don't. Well, I have a blog, but I haven't posted anything on it, I think, about five years ago. So right. it's, it's somewhere <laughs> on some list to start blogging again. But yeah. 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 But How I, about you? Yeah, I, I do have a, a sort of a, a blog. It gets updated sporadically. Um, usually with stuff outside of my usual ex area of what I speak on and, and talk about. but. Uh, there's a few interesting things on that, that I posted recently. Um, started out uh, with a tweet from, from Twitter, actually. Okay. There was a um, there was a library that uh, Anthony Ferraro was, was looking at, and was like, "Oh, the, the more I look at this, the the worse." It was, it was a cryptography-based library. And it was like the worse. More I look at it, the worse it looks. And I just just pulled it up and had a look, and I was like, "I can see a couple of vulnerabilities in that." <laughs> um, he was like, "Oh, could could you blog about it?" And I was like. Wait, wait till the weekend, and we'll. Um, so I, I sort of pulled the library apart a bit and yeah. found a nice little, nice little vulnerability that could allow you to sort of reverse and, and find out the key fairly easily. Put the blog out, um, and that, that's now actually linked from their documentation page. And it's like, well, this is like completely broken, but you can still use it. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, that, that, that's how that got started, and then um, yeah, I just started occasionally just putting stuff up on there. Well, definitely um, uh, put your name out there. Yeah. <laughs> when you do stuff like that. I, I also use it for um, all my. Um, I need to keep it updated a little bit more. There's a few missing, but uh, all my talk slides are on there and links to videos of the talks. Right. That's good to maintain for a speaker profile. Um, once you've got a few, I mean, even if you just have user groups or in conferences, you can say, like, I was at Symphony on conference, I gave this talk. Uh, put your slides up abstract and then you sort of you can like link to that when you submit to a conference and say well look this, this is my sort of profile this is what I've done before um, I try and list all of my speaker engagements on there but some get forgotten I, I do quite a lot of user groups and just don't update so but when I started out I was quite diligent in putting all the every single one on okay on the topic of user groups um, any of you visit user groups? Yes. Yeah. I, I regularly. Um, I also um, organize one. Okay. I'm one of the co-organizers of Nijmegen Tech. Ah, nice. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of that one. Yeah. So. Okay. Um, is it a big user group? Um, well, we have about, I think, 300 people that are connected to us. 
but most of the time we only have 20 up to 30 attendees at a, at a speed of, yeah. Which is a reasonable amount, especially for a Dutch yeah. user. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. It's really nice. How about you, Thomas? Um, I visit them less now. Um, first, I lived close to Nijmegen, and when I lived close to Nijmegen, there were like two meetups, both one a month. Um, so every two weeks, I was at a meetup. Yeah. Um, now I live farther away, but at our company we organize a meetup. Um, recently we had a great talk about mental health. Not sure who the speaker was. Um, <laughs> Why would you talk about that? <laughs> Just for clarity, I think he means me. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's great. The only downside is that it's, it's far away from public transport, so it's, it's harder for people to attend. Um, but it's still a great meetup, um, and about the mental health talk, it's one of the best talks ever. It's um, slightly related to tech, um, but mostly, yeah, it's called mental health in the workplace. And just if you can find the YouTube somewhere, really just watch it because I think it's really important in every company. It should be out there somewhere uh, on YouTube. I think yeah. I think it was recorded a couple of times already. So. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know how to respond to that. <laughs> um, and uh, PHP Yorkshire is also a user group? Or? It's not actually. People, people keep oh. confusing that. The, yeah. the conference is in York, uh, partly because they've got a really good venue there at the university. Um, it's, it's a modern campus university. And it's, it's a really, really nice venue. You should come visit. <laughs> um, Highest, highest goose to student ratio of any university in the UK, apparently. Okay. <laughs> um, I, don't, I don't know what to make of that, particularly. But uh, the, the lo local user group is actually in Leeds, which is about 30, 30 right. minute drive. Um, and I, I have actually nothing to do with that user group, aside from the fact that I often speak there to help them out when they're not got a speaker. They are actually looking for a speaker for February, so if you're in the local area, um, do, do get in touch. Um, <laughs> They're, they're looking for someone. Usually the third Wednesday of the month, I think. So that'll be in about three weeks' time, four weeks' time. Okay. So if you're in the Leeds area, <laughs> do get in touch. But not, not with me. I mean, I can put you in touch with them, but if you ping them on Twitter at Leeds PHP, they'll, yeah, they'll, okay. they'll help you out. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think I'm going to thank you all for being here. Um, because it's getting a bit loud out here now. Yeah. Uh, thank you very much for being here. Thank you very much for being on the podcast and uh, have a nice conference. Thank you for listening to By the Campfire. For more information about the podcast or finding other episodes, check bythecampfire.net.